All right, hey, what's up, FMBA Nation? This is Bill Brower, and in this episode, I got to talk with Michael Barrett, who is a supervisor for Elizabeth Fire EMS and a member of Elizabeth Fire EMS Local 309. Many of you know from the article written in the February Bulletin that Mike had performed some off-duty, life-saving heroic actions on the night of February 11th. So Mike and I had a conversation about what took place that night. Mike was on his way home and noticed a fire had broken out on the second story of an apartment building in Elizabeth when he stopped his car and immediately took action. And he's responsible for saving numerous lives that night. Uh, we're happy to report that Mike is doing well, and we are proud to have Mike as an FMBA member. Um, he is a humble man, so enjoy this episode listening to it as much as I enjoy talking to Mike about his experience, and stay tuned for more to come from FMBA Nation. All right, what's up, guys? This is Bill Brower with FMBA Nation coming to you live from the Pro Studios here in Rawley, New Jersey. And I've got the honor and privilege to be joined by Michael Barrett. He's an EMS supervisor for Elizabeth EMS, local 309. Uh, Michael, thanks for joining me today. Um, tell me a little bit about how you got started in, uh, in the fire and EMS world. Uh, thank you for having me, first off. Um, I started at the age of 19, right out of high school. I joined my uh, local first aid squad and rescue squad up in Nutley, New Jersey. Um, my family history is I have a lot of firemen back that were on the job. My uncles, my grandfather, my father were uh, all in the city of Newark for 30 plus years each. Um, so I've always kind of had an interest in helping people and fire service. Um, so I wanted, I joined my first aid squad because we were living in that land. I didn't live in Newark. Um, just started as a regular EMT, went to EMT school, um, did that for, many years. I was about a 35 year member at this point. I'm a life member of the squad. Um, you know, just went on to rescue school, technical school, ropes and riggings and, you know, doing that stuff as a volunteer. And, uh, I don't know. I just kind of like fell into it and kept on doing it. I rode my nights. We did pay, you know, on calls and, you know, doing that volunteer life. And then I started working for ambulance service, doing uh, transports and then, they picked up 911 contracts in Irvington and Plainfield and uh, Orange. And then in uh, 2001, I was picked up by the city of Elizabeth Police Department Ambulance Service Bureau and uh, been in the career since. Nice. Awesome. How long has uh, Elizabeth Fire done EMS now? Uh, we're doing 911 fire service for about, I think it's like 10 years. I think it was 2001 or 20, 2001. And they took over, I believe. Gotcha, gotcha. And you uh, recently became EMS supervisor? I was made a supervisor in July of 2020. Gotcha. Nice. Congratulations Thank on you. that. Thank you. Yeah, that's awesome. So obviously, you've had a, a, a lengthy career in the EMS world. Uh, things get a little busy in Elizabeth, I would imagine, right? You see a lot uh, of crazy things going on there? Yeah, it's it's an urban environment. Yeah. And we, you know, we have everything from your average person not feeling well to your gunshots, your, you know, structure fires, hazmats. Mm -hmm. We uh, cover the New Jersey Turnpike, a big chunk of it. We cover a big chunk of the New York International Airport. Um, we have Route 1 and 9, which is a major highway that goes through town. Mm -hmm. So we have a lot of industry. We have the Jersey Gardens Mall, which keeps us busy around the holidays. Um, it, it's a fairly busy department. Yeah. 
when uh, when they tone out for a signal uh, 411, right? That structure fire. Yes, that's what, what they call for a structure fire. So what uh, what what are you guys tasked with uh, when there's a structure fire going on in Elizabeth? What you, what's your role as our EMS? our main role is providing emergency medical services. You know, any any victims of the fire mm-hmm. is our first priority taken care of. Uh, once they're taken care of, and there's none of that, we also provide uh, rehab and whatever other services are needed for the firefighters and any support. Do you have any fire service experience at all in terms of structural firefighting, anything like that? No, I don't have fire one, fire two. I went through heavy rescue in uh, Bergen County uh, EMS training center, which we did uh, a brief section at the Bergen County Fire Academy up in Mawa. We did smokehouse, Mm -hmm. um, ropes and riggings and stuff like that. So I've had a little bit of training and just from, being on the job for so long, you know, in common sense, you keep low, yeah. too hot, get out, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. Right. So uh, tell me about the night of February 11th. What uh, what transpired? What, what was happening? Were you on duty? You were coming off um, duty? I'm currently on the mid uh, noon to midnight shift, which is 12 okay. to 12. Gotcha. With the uh, COVID-19 in progress in the vaccination centers, I spent a good part of my day because we have to stand by at the vaccination centers. A good part of my day was spent there just in case they need an ambulance. And then I go about my day doing, you know, being a supervisor. Where, um, where is that? Where are you guys stationed at? Our supervisor's office is at uh, the Trumbull Street Firehouse. That's Engine 3, Ladder 2, uh, EMS 3, and S3, S4. Gotcha. Um, my, day, my, even, my shift had ended. I was just, you know, it's midnight. I was on my way home. I came up to a stoplight at South Avenue, Broadway Avenue. And... Um, Something just caught my eye through the through the tree branches, and at first I thought it was like how the kids have LED lights in their rooms now, listen to music. Yeah. But as I went light and got closer to the building, I was like, "Oh no, that the room looks like it's on fire." Right. And as I got closer, I'm like, "Yeah, that that room's on fire." Right. Holy shit! There is so, a fire. <laughs> it is a fire. Yeah. So I saw smoke coming out of it. Mm-hmm. So I pulled up in front of the building. I rolled my windows down. And I didn't hear any smoke detectors going off or fire alarms going off. And I could see the smoke coming out the Bravo side. Yeah. So I called dispatch direct. I identified myself. I gave him the address. Mm-hmm. It was a uh, residential over commercial two and a half story structure. Mm-hmm. I told him I was here. I parked my car up the street. So I wasn't in the way of anybody. Nice. Police and, officer uh, barely listened to that. <laughs> yes, I did not block through. I did not block traffic. You didn't block the traffic. I didn't block a fire hydrant because <laughs> right. I made sure there was no fire hydrants where right. I parked. Right. Um, I went back to the building and there was some entrances for the, the uh, residential part on the uh, Charlie side, mm-hmm. which is where I went in. And then on the D side, there's doors and rent, um, doorbells and some doors. So I was knocking on the door screaming, you know, hey, like, you know, the building's on fire. Everybody get out. Right. Now I could smell the smoke. Mm-hmm. I noticed there were cars in the back parking lot. So I figured maybe somebody was inside. I didn't know. Yeah. I went to the Charlie side found two doors with some smoke coming out of the one. I went in that and I noticed the staircases going up to the second floor. All along, I'm screaming, you know, hey, like the building's on fire. Anybody in here, get out. Mm -hmm. I went up to the top of the stairs and the smoke level was about a foot or two off the ground. So I had my flashlight in my pocket Mm -hmm. and I shined it down the hallway while, you know, yelling, anybody in here, get out. The building's on fire. And I noticed a pair of sneakers walk by. Mm -hmm. I really can't tell you how far down the hallway they were because it's just hard to judge the yeah, distance. Sure. And I yelled at him a couple times or whoever it was to come out, but they weren't moving. They just kind of like walked into a wall and I just 
figured maybe the smoke inhalation, whatever. I just took a deep breath and went up, crept low as the ground as I could. Yeah. Found them, and I had my flashlight. I could just see like the outline of their shadow. Mm-hmm. And I was telling them like, you know, the building's on fire. Let's get out of here. And they weren't really responding, mm-hmm. so I kind of had to drag them out back down the staircase. When I got them outside on the porch steps, I noticed that their hands were burnt. Oh. Just by the way they were there, and the skin looked like it was peeling off of them. Gotcha. So I asked him a couple times, is there anybody else in the building? Because I didn't know where he came from or if he was – I figured he was in the burning room. Um, I asked him if anybody was inside. I didn't know if it was a language barrier he wasn't answering or just shock. He or was in shock or smoke mm-hmm. inhalation. Right. He finally did answer me. He said, yes, somebody else is inside. Mm-hmm. At this point, I guess the smoke was starting to get to me because I'm starting to cough. Yeah. So I had my cell phone in my pocket. I called dispatch again. I said, he is saying that there's somebody still inside the house and I did a a paramedic unit because he's got burned hands. Mm -hmm. Um, At that point, I was starting to get feel the effects of the smoke and I was coughing and I was hacking. So I hung up the phone Mm -hmm. and I said, if anybody's coming here, I need to be out in front of the building. Yeah. So I kind of dragged him out front again. And then at that point, I saw the paramedics arriving on scene and I got him over to the auto zone, which is on the corner. And um, at that point, I was just coughing too much. So I just kind of sat on the sidewalk until everybody started to get there. Yeah. <clears throat> I told the paramedics and the incoming people that, like, he's the burn victim. There's somebody else in there. And at that time, at that point, they dragged me across the street because I was in the way. And um, they started to take care of me. Mm-hmm. When uh, when you called dispatch initially arriving on scene, had they had they received any other calls, no. or you were the first caller? I was the first caller. Yeah. They didn't have any alarms. There was no fire alarms going off. There was no smoke alarms going off. Gotcha. It was midnight, so yeah. it was, you know, like not a lot of traffic on the road. Um, the business downstairs, I believe, was a laundromat, and it wasn't open, mm-hmm. so there wasn't really anybody around to even be there. You yeah. know, anybody to see it or hear it. I think from what they were saying, I caught it or I spotted it just in time before it broke out right. and got into the rest of the room because um the battalion chief had said the fire was pretty much contained to the contents of the room mm-hmm. when they got there yeah how long did it take uh after you to get on scene you remember yeah you lose track yeah. at that point yeah. because i went out a blur yeah it was just a little bit of a blur to me because i got out the back door i brought them out front the mm-hmm. paramedics had gotten there they didn't notice the fire either when they first pulled in the parking lot they yeah. pulled into the autos a lot and they're like i guess they're expecting to see flames and smoke mm-hmm. until they made the U-turn in the parking lot and said, oh, like, oh, that window's on fire. Right. And they saw the smoke. And then I was like, uh, hi, I'm over here. You know, mm-hmm. here's a burn victim. And then maybe within five minutes, the first companies that arrived, I believe the battalion chief was the first one on scene. Yeah. What uh, what happened to you after that? So you got treated on scene. They took you to the uh, hospital where they took you, Barnabas? Uh, no, I was evaluated on scene. Okay. Um, the paramedics evaluated me. They put me... Uh, on oxygen mm-hmm. and um i knew i wasn't burned per se on my hands or anything it was a little warm in the hallway but yeah. nothing extreme like the victim mm-hmm. and i was just like i just need you know go to the hospital and the paramedics were you know you're going whether you like it or not we're mm-hmm. gonna drag you by your hands and feet if we have to you can just at least get checked out and get blood work yeah, yeah. so i was transported there by one of the crews um evaluated i was given oxygen and chest x-ray um, they did an ABGs to make sure there was nothing in my bloodstream. I was given some breathing treatments. I was there probably about three hours. Gotcha. And then I was discharged home. 
Gotcha. Have you had any contact with the victim since? Do you know how they I have it? no idea yeah. who he was, how yeah. he went. The crew that transported him to the hospital said that he had like first and second degree burns on his hands, mm -hmm. some first degree burns on his face mm -hmm. and on his neck. Gotcha. But it was kind of hard to tell because he was so covered with soot. Yeah. Which when we got in the emergency room and I could see my hands, I noticed my hands were covered in black as it was. And they could say, see where I was wearing it because it was February. I was wearing a scully. Mm -hmm. They could say. They're kind of laughing because you see like the white of my head right. around there because I'm bald. <laughs> they said, well, here's the white spot and here's your face is all black. Yeah. And like, well, I'll wash you off in the emergency room. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, other than that, I was fine. Yeah. How about the rest of the residents in the building? Um, I believe the paramedics and the firemen found somebody on the first floor in the basement mm -hmm. that had just come out of the shower. Didn't know that there was a fire above them. Mm -hmm. And um, a ladder company took somebody out of a, a window on the um delta side gotcha when they arrived but at that point i didn't know what was going on because i was on the other side of the street while yeah. they were treating me yeah what goes through your head during something like this i mean you know we all <clears throat> we all envision something like this happening i mean i know i do like i'll be looking out the window and sometimes it'll just pop in my head like what happens if i see fire blowing out of a window right now I'm, I'm driving home or even if i'm in the rig like you know what what went through your mind when you saw that um, I was just kind of in shock. I, you know, uh, last thing I was expecting, I was just like on autopilot going home. Mm -hmm. I was going to stop at the firehouse and drop off the oxygen and, you know, like go home like I do mm -hmm. because of COVID. Like the first thing I do when we get in the house from uniforms is put them in a laundry basket in my garage and then, you know, go upstairs, take a shower, clean myself off. And then I was probably going to go, you know, watch TV or whatever. So I was sitting at the traffic light and I was looking at the window. I don't know what it was that caught my eye. just like thinking it was LED or like kids or whatever. Mm -hmm. But then when I went through the light and I'm looking and getting close, I'm like, that room looks like that room's on fire. And it was just like a shock of I'm used to. All right, let's take a quick break. I want to tell you guys about force of nature. Force of nature is a product that we actually use here at the state office. And it is the family friendly way to clean and disinfect. Force of Nature is an appliance that turns tap water plus a small capsule of pre-measured salt, water, and vinegar into a cleaner and disinfectant. It's actually on the EPA's list of disinfectants for use against coronavirus. How does it work? Well, Force of Nature miniaturizes the electrolyzed water technology from the industrial space. Think about saltwater pools and how they work. Salt, water, and vinegar are converted to an electrolyzed water when an electrical current changes the chemical composition of the solution into two new ingredients, hypochlorous acid and sodium hydroxide. They both might sound a little scary to you, but hypochlorous acid is the same germ-killing substance your immune system makes. Sodium hydroxide is a detergent common in both toothpaste, skin care, and other cleaners. It is pet and kid-friendly. It's the only cleaner with no additive fragrances dyes, preservatives, surfactants, there's no allergens or irritants, and best of all, it saves you money. Let's talk about the last couple of months. If you're like me, you've gone to the store multiple times, probably more than you can count, and looked for any kind of disinfectant spray only to come up empty. At just seven cents an ounce, Force of Nature will save you money in the first year and every single time you use it afterwards. As an FMBA member, supporter, listener of FMBA Nation, you can save money right out of the gate. Go to njfmba.org slash force of nature 
and use promo code NJFMBA and take $15 off kits and bundles for FMBA Nation listeners. So don't hesitate. Go to njfmba.org slash force of nature and get yours today. To hearing the bell, getting in the ambulance, following the fire trucks, or, you know, looking for it here, I'm, I am, I find it. Right. And then to go around and knocking on the doors, which is just what I would, I just did it. I don't think I yeah. really thought about yeah. it. And then to go around to the back of the building and then saw the open door, a little bit of smoke. And I saw the staircase. I said, okay, well, let me just, I had every intention on yelling, screaming, making noise, and then going out to the front to wait for, you know, whoever the first two company was to see the sneakers walk by in the smoke and not see anything above it. Cause it was just about saw the ankles. I was kind of in shock. Like, uh, somebody's in here. Yeah. Like yeah. yelling at him to come out, like follow my voice. Mm-hmm. And then I just took a deep breath and I went in and grabbed him. Yeah. You know, I just, I can't tell you what was going through my head. Cause I just did it. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing, man. I mean, you know, um, you got family obviously. And, uh, you know, in those instances, um, you know, stuff doesn't even really cross your mind. You just kind of do. No, I want to get him out of whoever it was that yeah. walked by. I was like, the, they don't belong here. This is bad, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I just, I went and got him. It's just ingrained in you, you know? It's that, that uh, fight or flight reaction. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how to explain it. It's mm-hmm. just, I said, you know, there's somebody walking in here. He's got to come out and take a deep breath and go in there and get him. Yeah. And then we kind of resisted a little bit. Yeah. I was like, all right, now I'm going to have to just drag him out. No matter what, I'm getting out because I'm not staying here because it was a little bit of warm. And I could just see the outline of him, even though I had my flashlight right in front of me. I just could see, like, make out his outline through the smoke. Yeah. So um, I just did it. I I couldn't even give you what I was thinking. I don't think I was thinking. When my (laughs) wife found out what happened, she was like, what were you thinking? Are you crazy? Yeah. (laughs) It was just kind of like, okay. And when the paramedics were like, well, you're going to the hospital, whether you like it or not. And I was kind of like, well, no, I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said, well, if not, I'm going to call my boss, who is my wife. So I'm right. like, I better just go to the hospital and get over with. <laughs> so, so your wife is the boss of the medics treating you. Yes. And she's your boss, too. Yeah, you could say it. Well, yeah, you might want to cut that part out because I don't want to get in trouble for that. But yeah, that's kind of like when they said, "Well, if you don't go, I have to call my boss." And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, "Crap, I gotta go." Yeah, I gotta go. But at that point, I was, I was, you know, the smoke was getting. I was coughing. I was spitting up. I think yeah. just get that because my throat got so irritated from it that it was like, "All right, let me go to the hospital." And of course, being wheeled in on oxygen, all the nurses were looking at me, and they. To see the, you know, like the, my face is black. Mm-hmm. They're all just kind of like, all right, what the hell did you do? Mm-hmm. Like, why are you here? Right. They're used to seeing us like coming in, being injured from me, like a back injury or mm-hmm. something like this, not right. being wheeled in with oxygen. Right. Or bringing a patient in. Bringing a patient mm-hmm. in, you know, seen us dozen times a day or a night, but coming in in a wheelchair with black face and your hands are covered in black and soot and smelling as bad as I did. Mm-hmm. They're like, what did he do? Oh, here I am. <laughs> like, I was in, I went into a burning building, pulled somebody out and they're like, okay, got the chest, the chest X-ray, the ABGs, which was the blood gases, mm-hmm. which I don't want to have that done again. Cause that really hurt. Yeah. Um, and then they gave me some breathing treatments to get through. Um, my wife was like, should I come to the emergency room and beat you? Or are you just going to come home? Mm-hmm. I said, don't come here. It's 
one o'clock in the morning at this point. I said, don't scare our daughter. Yeah. Nothing's going to happen other than I'm going to get checked up in the ER. If anything happens, the, the nurse or the doctor will call you. Yeah. So three hours, I went home and that was, yeah. Hi. Hi, honey. I'm home. Hey, I'm home. Okay. First things first, go take a shower because you stink. <laughs> um, wash all the soot off your face and your hands. Right. And then we're going to have a discussion. Right. And from there, it was like, okay, told her what happened. She's like, well, smack. All right. Don't ever do that again. Right. Because the last thing you want to hear is that, you know, phone call at 1230 night going, honey, I'm okay. But mm-hmm. you're like, because mm, it goes both ways where I've gotten that phone call when she was, mm-hmm. she was in a car accident at work one time. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of, she's like, I'm okay. But, but. I was like, okay, dear, you don't want to get that phone call. It was real in the back of your mind. You're all like, you don't want that family member to get that phone call. Yeah. Because God forbid it's that there's somebody coming to knock on your door. Yeah. But there's got to be a sense of pride too, right? I mean, your family, your coworkers, I mean, what you did is extraordinary to many in many in many people's eyes, right? I mean, not every average person would do what you did. And, um, and, and the reaction that you had to it, the wherewithal to know what the hell to do when you walked in the building and alert everybody and see the guy and, you know, put your life in, in danger. You're not wearing an SCBA. You don't have any fire protective uh, bunker no, gear on. I, like I came out of my car, so I had my job shirt and my scully because right, it was right, winter. Right, right. So, and common sense. Right. <clears throat> so, I mean, you know, they're, they're, as, as, as much as we want to joke around about, you know, our, our wives or our significant others telling us, you know, you're stupid, what are you doing that for? Like, don't ever do that again. I'm sure there's a, a whole uh, beaming sense of pride, too, coming from her and, and, and your daughter and, and the rest of your family and your coworkers. Um, yes, she she said she was very proud of me. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughter said once she understood what I did mm-hmm. and done that, and I've been told repeatedly, because I'm, I'm more of a private person. I try to stay, mm-hmm. fly under the radar for news and TV stations and stuff. Yeah. Um, one of our members had... You've probably seen it where the Facebook post yeah. and that exploded mm-hmm. all over Facebook because mm-hmm. it was shared on Daily Wire. That's where we got the news from for you the got, bulletin. You got the bulletin. It was, it was spread. Directly from the Facebook post. So um, I got messages. Mm-hmm. At one point, I just turned my phone off because it just it just kept on ringing. Yeah. The text messages, the attaboys mm-hmm. <clears throat> from people that I don't even know. I'm very appreciative. I'm I'm amazed at how about the response of what everybody was saying i even heard from two gentlemen that say they were working with my father on the fire department on 13 engine in the city of Nork on the third tour mm-hmm. who when they saw the name they're like hey i worked with him oh i worked with his dad mm-hmm. they're like you know your dad and your uncles would be very proud of what you did and yeah. you should be proud yeah and it's taken a little while to realize it but i'm like you know what i i did something crazy but yeah i did something good yeah Absolutely. You know, and, and, and that's, you know, that's another thing. I mean, I, I, I never met you till the day you walked in the office, you yeah. know, a couple of weeks back and I asked you to do this. And, uh, I gotta be honest with you, man, you're, you're, you're a very humble dude, you know, coming in and, <laughs> Thank you. and, um, you know, not even wanting to get the recognition that you deserve and, and having the fanfare that you deserve about this. But, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give you that. You're, you're definitely a humble, uh, humble man. So, um, you know, to have you come on the show and, and talk about this, I was uh, pretty pumped uh, to get the news that you were uh, you were able to do it. You were, you wanted to do it. You were willing to do it. And uh, and it's pretty cool to hear the story firsthand and, and to kind of try and relive or, or, or think about what was going through your mind. You know, I'm uh, 
I don't think anything was going through my mind. I just, <laughs> it just, I did a reaction. Right. It was just, I yeah. went and did it. Yeah. And um, the city of Elizabeth also recognized me by a resolution a few weeks ago at awesome. a ceremony yeah. for a city council meeting, uh, recognizing my actions. And that's huge. So even now it was kind of like, okay, yeah, I'm here. You guys don't have to do this, but they're like, no, we want to do it. And normally when something like that was happening, they explained to me that like they would be telling everybody the place would be full of firemen. And I've had a lot of firemen tell me like, why didn't we know about this? Why weren't we told due to COVID mm -hmm. and the restrictions on the limiting people that were there, we really couldn't tell that many people that it yeah. was being done. Yeah. So, but they're all, you know, Hey, that a boys, great job. You mm -hmm. know, congratulations. You know, you did right. You know, you're a standout guy. I've been nominated for, from what I understand, the 200 Val award. Good. Um, the Carnegie medal of valor. Good. Um, somebody nominated me. So it's been overwhelming, you know, I'm, I'm appreciative of everything and the text messages and the Facebook posts went for forever and ever. I think there had to be probably close to a thousand people making comments oh, and yeah. liked over mm -hmm. and over again by, um, my first aid squad had to posted it and they forwarded it and it was shared by my neighbors and it was just overwhelming. You know, I just, reacted and everybody's like, you know, you did good. Yeah. No, I mean, listen, it's a great story. I mean, um, you know, reiterating the words that, that your guys told you and the, and the guys that work with your father and your uncle, I'm sure they're, they're proud of you, you know, proud of your actions. And, uh, it just goes to show you that, you know, um, there are heroes and, and every day, you know, uh, your everyday actions or you, the actions that you would take normally, regardless of whether you're in this position or not, right? You'd probably do the same exact thing, whether you were Elizabeth EMS or, or not, right? If you're working for Amazon, I probably know? would have, yeah. you know, so it just, it just, uh, it speaks, uh, volumes, you know, um, I appreciate it. How are you feeling? How are you feeling physically now? Everything, everything oh, physically fine. I was yeah. like that night. I still had a little bit of a residual of, of the cough and that smoky taste. Mm -hmm. Um, that lasted a day or two. And then, you know, the abuse from the, you know, the smack from the wife was, got over it horrendous, <laughs> but everything was good. It only lasted a few days. No concussion fine. from the wife smack. No, no, That's no good. concussion. I, I've had a few no concussions LLC, in the past. Right. Yeah, no. I was good other than getting, you know, the, the beating from walking in the house right. for what I did. But right. um, it was just a little bit of a, a cough for a few days after that. But otherwise, I was fine. Yeah, good. Well, again, thanks for uh, for coming on and giving us a story. And, and uh, thank you for you know, having we're me. We're proud of you as an FMBA member, what you did, and um, you know, be safe out there in in what same you're doing. Yeah, yeah, no, I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank thanks. you for your time. Yeah. All right, everyone. Well, that wraps up another great episode from FMBA Nation. Thanks for listening to it. And if you don't already, make sure that you follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can listen to this podcast on any of the major platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio. And if you have an Alexa-enabled device and enabled the TuneIn skill, you can say, Alexa, play FMBA Nation podcast on TuneIn Radio. And if you're interested in being a sponsor of the podcast, or would like to be featured on the FMBA Nation podcast where you can talk about your products and or services that you have to offer, be sure to email us at nation at njfmba.org. And until next time, be safe. 
Hey guys, Bill Brower here with FMBA Nation. I wanted to take a minute to tell you about ServPro of Central Union County and Western Essex County. These guys are a trusted leader in the restoration industry. They provide 24-hour residential commercial services with highly trained restoration technicians. They're a locally owned and operated business, and they're dedicated to being faster to any size disaster with the training, equipment, and expertise to handle your restoration and cleaning needs. Some of the things that they cover are water damage, restoration, fire damage restoration, mold remediation, storm damage restoration, cleaning services, and building services, to name a few. These guys understand the stress and worry that comes with a fire or water damage and the disruption it causes to your life and home or business, and their goal is to help minimize the interruption to your life and quickly make it like it never even happened. Our friends over there, Carl Spinner and Bob Morrison, Carl has over 25 years of experience in the industry. Bob Morrison has over 35 years of service industry sales experience. So don't hesitate to give them a call. You can reach them at 908 233-7070.